Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Nine to shoot, Maxey stays in the corner, he's not moved. And now Harris with it, to the left side, Beverly for three, shot up, it's good! Patrick Beverly puts it in, at Pep for three! And the inbound to DiVincenzo, and that will do it. The Knicks win their ninth consecutive game. 15 of the last 17, so many heroes for the Knicks tonight. They trailed by as many as 15. They defeat the Pacers by the score of 109 to 105. Boswell hesitates, stops, right elbow, out to Love. Three ball straight away, and a deep one is good for Caleb Love. Wilshire comes down the right side. He may have to hoist on the sideline. Bounces it in the mast, puts it up. Got it! Got it! Missed shot by Chucky. And there's the ball game. The Huskers win it. Final score in overtime. Nebraska 80, Wisconsin 72. Good morning. Welcome in on a Friday to Hurt Out Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Hey, man. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, living the dream. Living another, another dollar. You know, Nebraska was living the dream yeah, last, last night. night. At least incredible. in the second half. The first half, they were living the nightmare. Hey, I don't know, man, because I was like, hey, keep keep running up the score, Wisconsin, so I can take this live <laughs> money. I'm like, come on, keep it going. It was an incredible uh, effort from Nebraska last night. Obviously, we will cover that in depth. I, I just, I have to say, it was, I was kind of like tweeting through my thoughts, especially in the second half there. Because in the first half, I don't want to just sit there and be like, oh, they're terrible. Like, they're playing terrible. They, let's say they missed a ton of shots. Like, I, that doesn't require a ton of analysis. Obviously, Wisconsin came out super hot. They were playing really well. But, I there's not that many games that I watch, especially in basketball, because I've just I watch so much basketball that I don't get utterly shocked very often, just stunned by how a game goes. And last night I was I because and it wasn't just that Nebraska came back. Right. What it was was the fact that they. Wisconsin punched him in the mouth early, okay? They get out, it's like 42-23, so I think it's up to 19 at one point. And Nebraska just keeps trying to chip away. They get it down to nine. Chucky has a little spurt at the end of the half. It goes up to 16. Like, every time Nebraska got it to a manageable number, and this happened, it felt like three or four times, Wisconsin would counterpunch. They'd hit back, they'd get back up to double digits, and they'd be like, I just... I felt like one of those where it's like, ah, man, they're not going to have enough to get over the hump. They're not. They're going to run out of gas because they dug too dug big of a hole too early, and they've been trying to come back this entire time. It just felt like they were going to run out of gas. 
And to their credit, this is the part that stunned me, is it wasn't the first, second, third, even fourth try. They finally got over the hump in overtime. I mean, they took brief leads Well, they took a lead that. at the end of the game. Yeah, at the very uh, end of the, the game. At the end of regulation, yeah. I should say, uh, when they got up two. Yeah, what, 67, 65, I think? Maybe, maybe about 30 seconds were left. Yeah. But you're absolutely right because I turned to some I – was, I was at the game. Um, and I turned to some buddies in the stands and I said, this feels like Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Like Nebraska found all the momentum, and then all of a sudden they forgot how to play basketball. Yeah. Because th- toward the end of the game, that's what it was. Nebraska tied the game at, we'll call it like 50, 50, 52, I think it was 52, 52, right? 52 yeah. And that was the first the time they there, tied it. And then Wisconsin would go down again and miss. Nebraska would go down, turnover. Okay, Wisconsin comes back, goes down and miss. Nebraska comes down takes a bad shot and it's like wait a second guys what what just happened I know I know a timeout took place Mm -hmm. I know you guys just came out of that timeout you have all of the energy all of the momentum and you can't you can't buy a bucket you can't you can't find a way to to get a good looking open shot well and and that's Ah, the moment reminded me of that moment at Rutgers when they just kind of puckered. That's the moment where I thought they were going to lose was when it was 52-52, and then I believe it was uh, Klismet for Wisconsin hit a couple threes in a row, and I think it went out to 58-52, and I was like, oh, man, that was probably it because they did have the turnovers, and it wasn't you know, it wasn't the prettiest, you know, it was kind of stuck at that 52-52 for a minute, as you said, some turnovers, some missed opportunities, and then it seemed like, okay, whoever breaks through this kind of stalemate at 52 first might, because we're talking like, what, five minutes left, six, mm-hmm. five, six minutes left in the in the game at that point, and Both it was like... trading, poor possessions, miss, miss shots. And again, Nebraska's expended so much energy just to get to that point, and then to have Wisconsin hit... I think Klisma hit two threes in a row to go 55-52 and then 58-52, and you just kind of sit there and you're like, oh, that might have been the opportunity. That might have been it. But to Nebraska's credit, even though they fell behind, and uh, I believe it didn't get more than six at any point during that stretch, but I think it was still 65-59 with like the three and a half minutes left, and you're just kind of sitting there, it's like, I don't know if they've got enough to do it again. To their credit, they then hold Wisconsin at that 65 number until, like you said, about 30 seconds left in the game. And I was like, oh, man. It, once they got 67-65, that was the first time that I was like, oh, gosh. they might." And, and that was like late, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I thought, oh, man, they might actually do this. And then as soon as Wisconsin hit that bucket to send it to overtime, I was like, God, they're going to run out of gas. Because I, I don't know if you – if you haven't played or coached or, like, been part of a team in these situations where you're trying to make a huge comeback, I don't care what sport it mm-hmm. is, basketball, football, whatever, right, you expend so much energy to get to that point that a lot of, like, it's so common to just not have enough to get over the finish line. And that's what it looked like for Nebraska. And the fact that they were able to do that multiple times where it looked like, God, there's no way they're going to have enough to get this thing done. And then they go and make it to overtime. So it's like, oh, man, they got even – they got five more minutes. Like this this really felt like you need this thing in regulation. And then 
Wisconsin sort of falls apart in overtime and Nebraska wins it pretty comfortably. Just a totally bizarre way for that game to play. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I actually think it's the other way around. Okay. I think Wisconsin was ran out the of team gas. that felt fatigued and ran out of gas. I mean, it was hard to play in front of those fans. Sure, yeah. Very difficult. That place was and crazy. Nebraska, yeah. Nebraska was feeling the mojo of that fan base toward the end of that game, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, Rink Mast was making threes late in that game. Dude, the step, back, the step back three. Wet. I was just. Oh, my gosh. Water splash, whatever you want to call it. Rink Mast buried that. That was one of those all, like, that was an all-time. If you're, if you've ever been a part of a basketball team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is that no, 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 yeah. yes. Like, that was an ultimate. Like, you're like, what are you, like, why right. is Rink Mast going you, you Kobe almost, on me here? You almost would rather see C.J. Wilcher just force uh, a three. 100%, <laughs> yeah, because he'd made a bunch of those. And I was like, listen, Rink Mast, we love you, thank you, but um, not really your shot. And then he just goes, oh, don't worry about me. I'm just going to Kobe this step back here and drain the three. That was an all-time no, 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 yes! And uh, it worked out. It did. Now, on TV, did it look like it did in person where the ball barely got over the front rim? Um, I don't know. I don't really really remember watching the ball go through the hoop. I was watching Mast because I was like, what is he doing? And then, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It felt like it was pretty high arcing, so I, I didn't really notice that part it, it of it. It just looked like it barely went through. But, you know, beside the point, Rick Mass took eight threes again in that game. Yep. He made two of them. And that those was, two were huge. That was one of them. Down the stretch. <laughs> uh, Bryce Williams, too, stepped up in a yes. huge way yeah. late in that game. And then, of course, we mentioned C.J. Wilcher. But, no, going back to the atmosphere, that's what, that's what kept Nebraska – Going yes, uh, it was a an emotional game. Early on in that game, uh, the, the some of the calls were kind of bizarre. There were there were points in time where, you know, I saw Rink Mass jump straight up in the air, get called for a a blocking foul. There was a time where Bryce Williams got a clean block from behind. That one was rough. Got called for a on foul. TV. That was the worst one. Yeah, well, and then there was a follow up one, and I don't think it was Bryce. It may have been Jamarcus. It was either Jamarcus or CJ that came in from – no, it was Jawan Gary. Came in from behind for another block, which was a lot more contact than Bryce Williams, but they let it go. Yeah. And then you kind of saw, like, in the second half, you know, Nebraska, uh, you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, wait a second, how does Wisconsin have seven fouls and we have one? Yep. And then you could you could start to see you some could. of those makeup calls taking place. Um there was I, I a, think it was Max Klesmit like stepped through a double, uh, a double team and got called. That got called as a blocking foul. Unmasked, but, I think. But, yeah. but Klesmit actually tripped over himself. Yep. Um, and so there were times where, like, okay, the officials were trying to catch Wisconsin Basically, up. Any time, like, and, and I tell people this all the time, except for apparently in the Purdue Northwestern game the night before where the refs had no interest in making that even whatsoever. If there is a big disparity, and I, I noticed it a bunch with Creighton because Creighton doesn't foul that much. So every time there's a big disparity like that, I'm like, ah, we're about to get three really ticky-tack calls here. And so anytime it even looked like a foul, you mentioned the one where uh, Klisman tripped himself through the lane. There was one where I don't remember who it was for Wisconsin, but Nebraska had basically done their box outs and – 
the Wisconsin player comes flying in and tries to like jump over everybody's back, and they call a loose ball foul on Nebraska. And it's like, nope, they were all just they didn't undercut him. He just tried to jump over him, and it didn't, he didn't. He oh, didn't, I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was like, he didn't. Oh man, he didn't have. There a, were a lot in that game yeah. that had me. He was trying to like in my head. He was trying to like Blake Griffin the Kia there, and he got clipped on the way over. Like it didn't. <laughs> he didn't quite. He didn't make have it. enough bounce. I was like, nobody was nobody would have called a foul on the Kia in that situation. <laughs> uh, the, another point I'll bring up too. And Fred Hoiberg deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. When that game was 52-52 and a timeout was called by Wisconsin, Hoiberg runs out Tominaga with that lineup, and then the ensuing two possessions for Wisconsin, they hit back-to-back threes. Mm -hmm. And those back-to-back threes were Tominaga's guy. Mm -hmm. And the first one... I don't want to put too much blame on Kase because he went down for a double team, double team kick out. I, I want to say it was Klesman again. It was, the yeah, three. it was Klesman, yeah. The very next possession, he, Tominaga, I'm watching him like a hawk mm-hmm. because I knew that that last one was his man. Mm-hmm. And he was on his guy like glue. And then all of a sudden, once he like stepped to kind of take away the the paint at one point to maybe force a double team, he completely lost his guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't know where he went. Klesman's out on the wing, wide open three, buries it again. Guess who calls timeout? Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg. Hoiberg calls timeout. Casey finds the bench. To basically just pull Tominaga. To yeah. pull him yeah. out of the game because he saw what just happened. And we know Tominaga's not a, not a great defender. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know that. He's a great shooter. Um and he, but he, he's really a rhythm guy. Yeah. He needs to feel like he, he's got that spark in he, order to yeah. build off of it. He needs a little help getting going. And he was on the bench for a long period of time before that 52-52 break. Mm-hmm. But who was on the floor that was showing uh, immense uh, pressure, uh, nonstop speed, was Sam Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. Like, he was all over the floor, defensively, offensively. Look, there was a point where I I look down and I go, man, you know, Nebraska is still missing that dude, right, that needs to make the bucket, right, Mm -hmm. to get them over the hump. (laughs) And I'm I'm laughing internally because I'm like, man, this is – it's got to be Sam at this point (laughs) because he's the only one that looks comfortable with the rock. Yeah. He's the only one that looks like he wants to create something. And now, granted, when he goes into the paint, he can't ever, like, find enough yeah. space to, to get around defenders because he's just on the smaller side. But that's that scrappy guy that you're looking for in those moments to, you know, he's going to dive on the floor. Josiah Alec is a guy that's going to dive on the floor mm-hmm. to try to save uh, possession or, or keep the ball inbounds for your team. Those two guys were so crucial in that stretch of Nebraska's comeback to get to the 52 mark, that when Fred called that timeout, he made sure that that was the look Nebraska offered again. Because why? Wisconsin couldn't stop it. They couldn't find a way to get by those two. Well, and it takes an immense amount of uh, stones, really, to put your star player on the bench and just say, nope, we're riding with this group. Because... You're right. Tominaga didn't play in any of the critical moments after that. I'm not sure if he played at all after that. He only played 18 minutes last night. Didn't hit a three. It was only one for seven. I mean, if you had told anyone Nebraska's going to knock off Wisconsin, but Tominaga's only going to score two points, no one believes you, mm-hmm. right? But the the conviction of Hoiberg 
to say, hey, this is not our best lineup. This is not what's gonna. This is not what got us back in the game, right? Because it wasn't Tominaga going off from three that got him back in the game. It was Hoiberg disrupting things defensively and Alec hustling, and then Wilcher just going supernova hot for a stretch of the game. And it's a little criminal we haven't mentioned C.J. Wilcher that much yet. So I'm going to here because of a bunch of outstanding performances. His is the one that actually kept them in the game to Mm -hmm. give them a shot because he started making shots before it felt like Nebraska was back in the game. But he is the only thing that kept them. And it wasn't even really within arm's reach. It was just, hey, I'm keeping this team from getting blown out right now. That's what it felt like is the only thing standing between Wisconsin and a boat race was C.J. Wilcher. And he kept making shots, just getting it a little bit closer, getting a little bit closer until – the rest of the team caught up in that second half and was able to deliver that comeback. But C.J. Wilcher deserves a ton of credit for what we saw last night. 22 points off the bench, 7 of 10 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. That dude was on one last night Mm -hmm. and is, without him, Nebraska probably does get blown out because there was a stretch in there where Nebraska couldn't – I think they were – I think they – at one point, they were 3 of 14 from 3, and he had 2 of the 3, and they end up going 6 of 13 on the way out. Again, he had 5 of their 9 threes for the game. That dude was the only thing tethering Nebraska to Wisconsin still, and he was, he deserves a ton of credit for last night. And it's kind of funny. I will say I, there was this moment in the second half where you're like, oh, man, Wilcher's kind of feeling it. And I was so impressed that he was being aggressive but not forcing the issue, right? When you're a shooter and you get hot, about three or four shots in, you kind of test things a little well, bit. It's it's the Baylor Shireman method, yeah, right? Like it's the when heat Shireman check. comes down the floor and pulls one right past the half court line. Yeah. It's a let's see if this one goes in. Or two. like a heavily you're like heavily guarded, you have no space, whatever. And so I tweet that out. Immediately his next shot is a heat check. And I was like, come on, CJ, you're killing me here, and, bud. And uh, it didn't look very good. No, it was, I don't even think it draw, drew iron. Like it was brutal. But that was but I guess mean, who got the rebound? Josiah Alec. I was going to say, Alec got the rebound, or it was either Alec or was it Gary? Somebody down low got the rebound. Uh, yeah, one of the, one of the guys it got the It was a hustle rebound. play. Yeah, it was a, an incredible hustle play. And getting those rebounds was not the easiest thing in the world. In the first half, Nebraska was getting killed on the boards. That lineup, though, that you talked about that they switched to actually won the rebounding battle in the second half mm-hmm. and in overtime. As a, I think they were minus 13 in the first half, and they only made met, sense. And they only ended up minus seven for the game. So in that second half, they not only held their own, they actually made up ground there. And it was because of the hustle of guys like Alec and Hoiberg and Juwan Gary, who was back, by the way, um, after Which missing a see. few games. A huge lift off the bench for them because if they don't have Juwan Gary, who played 33 minutes last night, they don't win that game. And that's funny because going into that match, he was questionable for yeah. one. But two, you would expect him to be limited. Yeah. And 33 minutes is not limited. No, he did not. And he, and he, moved, he didn't move like he was limited either. Like he, he was feeling the flow. He was, he was getting after it. He had, you mentioned all the, the, the hustle plays and the defense. If they don't 
have Juwan Gary to take up 33 minutes in that game, they would have ran out of gas like I was talking about. They would not have had – because they only played three guys off the bench. They each played at least 22 minutes. They relied on those three guys incredibly heavily. If you don't have Gary there, you know, who's that next guy up? I'm sure they would have found someone, but they wouldn't have been comfortable playing him 33 minutes. I can tell you that 100% sure. Um, just in it, I mean, from top to bottom on this roster, an incredible effort for Nebraska. And, and like I said, a game that I was truly stunned by watching play out, which is, again, not something that happens to me very often. There, there's just the way – there's kind of a way basketball games play out, Right. And you're like, uh, you know, I've seen this blueprint before. Let's say there's like a dozen different blueprints of how games typically play out. And then you had, like, if, you, if you're an architect, you have your dozen blueprints. And then Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright's over here building, like, building houses over, over rivers and into trees and around. And it's like, that's what this game was. It was this totally bizarre thing that you really hadn't seen before. And it's not just because they came down from 19 and then 16 at halftime. It's not just because, you know, Tominaga didn't play. It's not just because Wisconsin kind of just self-destructed with 16 turnovers and not taking good shots and not being able to get, um, not being able to get back into the rhythm they had early in the game. It was all of those things put together and the fact that Nebraska had to knock on that door seemingly three or four or five times to actually get it to open. It was, again, one of the most unique ways I've seen a game play out, I, th- I think, at least in recent memory. So driving home last night, yeah. here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I'm talking about with the people in my car. Nebraska beats Wisconsin, mm-hmm. a quad one win, a, a quality yeah. quad one win at that. If they go on the road and beat Illinois somehow, that essentially guarantees them a spot in March as long as they hit the win total. Yeah, so they could lose first round in the Big Ten tournament. Yes. And as if they hit their win total of, what did we say, it was 20? Uh, for me, it's 20. If you're in a, if you've got a, if you've got wins against Purdue and Wisconsin at home, and then you're talking about a road win at Illinois, which is actually a better win than Wisconsin mm-hmm. would be last night, then as long that puts them at 17. If they win three more games, any three games besides that, I think they're in without – I know a lot of people are saying 21, but if you've got Purdue, Wisconsin, and at Illinois, 20 gets you in. And I don't think you have to win a game in the tournament. And if they, if they lose to Illinois, mm-hmm. then I think you have to steal two road games. I think you definitely need to get to 21 wins if you lose to Illinois. And I, you can't, I mean, you can't do that without at least one road win. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to beat Michigan. Yeah, you, have, you to. have to beat Michigan on the road. Yes. You have to at least compete against Ohio State on the road. Um, yeah. And Indiana. I think you those, have. To. Those are the three games that I would look at right now and say, hey, two of these three have to be wins. Northwestern is playing too strong a basketball yeah. right now to guarantee me a road win. Yeah, it's a road win against a top 50 team. Like Northwestern, I think if I remember how the quads work right on the road, Northwestern at Northwestern is a quad one win if they were, were to get it. 
because I think it's top 50 on the road as a quad Which one. would help a ton. It would, but I also don't expect it, right? But you're looking at at Indiana, that's 89th. I'm, I'm doing Ken Palm here, mm-hmm. not net. But at 89, at Indiana is 89. At Michigan is 91. Those are the two worst road teams left on their schedule. You have to get minimum one of those two, ideally both. That's kind of where we're at. Uh, coming up next, we will set up the show. We'll let you know what's coming up for you here on Herd at Sports Radio. We will have more coverage of Nebraska and Wisconsin as well. That's Andrew Rogers. I'm Ravi Lula here on Herd at Sports Radio. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.